Hi, my friends, and welcome to From Here to There. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing about the lives of many people throughout history and people alive today that God has worked through in order to bring increase and influence of His kingdom here on earth. But in this first series, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you my story, how God was able to take me from powerless to powerful and from the nest to the nations. I really believe that as you listen, God is going to give you keys to moving forward toward your God destiny. So let's get started with this week's message. There are times in our lives where it's very important to be in the right place at the right time in order for God's plans to unfold in our lives. This is why I'm really sharing with you in these podcasts my story, because it's important to learn to hear the voice of God and to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised us in the book of John in chapter 16 that the Holy Spirit would show us things to come and that he would guide us on the inside and lead us. I almost missed a very important door to my future. And this week I'm going to share about some things I learned during that part of my journey. The Lord God moves in every generation through his body, the church. He calls and empowers individuals to be obedient, to work his will in our lifetime. And the future of the church, the movement of the church, the forward motion of the church, all depends on individual believers hearing, following, and being in the right place at the right time. Last week, we talked about the power of commitment and how when we give ourselves fully to the Lord and trust Him, He's able to direct our steps even when our mind doesn't understand where we're going. But a part of being fully committed to Him is not making our own plans, but learning to discern and to follow His. Proverbs 16.9, A man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps and makes them sure. So yes, we are to make plans, but the key is to do it prayerfully. And if we're trusting him, he will direct our paths. If we're spending time with him in prayer, he's going to show us the things he has for us. He's going to guide and direct us. Proverbs 3, verse 5, I'm sure you've heard this scripture, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Verse 6 In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So if we will trust in him with all our heart and not trust our understanding, this scripture says he will direct us. Conversely, if we lean to our own understanding, he cannot direct us. So we've got to learn to follow our heart and not our understanding. I shared how the Lord had given me a clear word that I belonged at that church in the Philippines. You belong here. And yet, when I looked with my eyes, there was not an assignment for me. I had to trust his word and not judge by what I saw with my eyes. Again, speaking of the coming Savior, the coming Messiah, Isaiah prophesied in chapter 11, verse 3, His delight is in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but he shall judge righteously. And so the Spirit of God inside of us will give us a judgment on the inside. 
And it doesn't always agree with what we're seeing in the natural realm. And I have things to share with you that I learned during this period of time that I was endeavoring to follow my heart and not my understanding. I shared last week how I was asked by my pastor to direct the Bible school in our church, a position that I was not even sure I could manage, but God had a plan. And God's plans, my friends, are always win-win. Anyone that's ever come to help us since that time in our Bible schools, you know, when they make a commitment to come and to serve and to give what they have, I've seen it over and over again how God will multiply what they give back to them and they end up going out much more qualified than when they came in. And so it's win-win because their service will bless us, but our vision and our ministry will also bless them. Things that are suddenly are not always suddenly. That suddenly door happened for me with that Bible school. But there was a lot of preparation that led up to that. There was a lot of commitment. There was a lot of yieldedness and learning. There was even some wondering and wandering. But God has his hand on you. And if you will stick with him, when it's time, those suddenlies will open up. These are things for which you've been prepared spiritually and naturally. When we're faithful with the little things, that qualifies us for more. So last week I shared how we turned to Manila at the beginning of the school year and our pastors were delayed in returning from the U.S. So I'm going to fill in with another part of the story this week. We returned, my son and I, and we were attending church there where we had always attended church the first three years we lived there. And yet something was different. Something was wrong. And this was strange to me because everything looked normal with our eyes. The worship looked normal. The preaching seemed the same, the people. And yet in my spirit, it was like something smelled really bad, like something dead. And that's the only way I can describe it. I even questioned myself on what I was perceiving. But I remember telling JD, if our pastor doesn't come back, I am not sure we can keep going to church here. And that was a scary thought because we didn't know where else we would go. And yet at the same time, I was praying about this directive to help at this church and how I would possibly do that even after our pastor returned when I couldn't get a meeting with him. Well, one day I was at my house praying and I remember hearing these words. I wrote them in my prayer journal and I wrote down dirty dealings under the table. Also during that prayer time is a picture in my journal that I drew of two flat levels with a peg anchoring them together. And the Lord spoke this scripture to me, Isaiah twenty two twenty two. The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder. He shall open and no one shall shut. He shall shut and no one shall open. I will fasten him as a peg in a secure place and he will become a glorious throne to his father's house. When the Lord gave me that scripture, it's like he was showing me in my heart. He was saying he wanted to use me to connect two levels or make things secure. And again, I had no idea what this meant. Now, guys, I tell all of our Bible school students to keep a prayer journal. If you expect to hear from God, it's very important that you be ready to remember what he tells you. And sometimes when you're praying, you know, things come in and out of your mind, things rise up from your spirit. 
It's not always easy to remember everything. And so it's important to write these things down, just jot down notes or after your prayer time, write down the scriptures, the things the Lord told you. I mean, I literally have planned my life based upon these things that I wrote in my prayer journal. And so I was writing these things down, but I didn't really know what they meant. I shared about how I agreed to take the assignment and my pastor said we would work together for the next semester and then the following year I could take the leadership. And this was in January where I was busy teaching my two classes that I had in the school, which was worship and prayer. Well, one day I arrived at the church to teach to hear bad news spreading from every direction from everybody saying, Sister Tony, something terrible has happened. And the news was that three of the four elders of the church had left, had gotten in a disagreement with the pastor and quit. So this was a potential church split. And these were not only highly influential leaders teaching in the school, leading the cell groups, but they were also Filipino leaders who'd been saved under our pastor's ministry and their very close friends. So needless to say, this was very devastating to them and to many people in the church. That day, I was leading my class in prayer because it didn't seem right to just go on and teach with this tragedy. So I said, let's pray. And we were praying. And the strangest thing was that when we were in the spirit, It was like the Lord said, don't worry about a thing. I'm just blowing wind through my church. Everything's fine. All was well in the spirit, he was saying. But when I came back to earth, so to speak, I thought, no, Lord, this is not all right. This is terrible. However, I have to say that when it all sifted out, it turned out just like the Lord said. So this disagreement, this split had been festering a long time, perhaps years. It was quenching the forward motion of the church. It was making things a bit flat. And I say all this in hindsight. But the Lord had spoken to this situation earlier with prophetic words in the church. There had been a prophet that came to the church that, when we looked back on it, had spoken directly to some of these leaders. And again, he showed me in my prayer closet dirty dealings under the table. So this had been going on. And my pastors and many other people who were intimately connected with these leaders that left were truly hurt by the betrayal and the things that were being said. There were teachers that were no longer in classes, and everything was disrupted. Our pastors were at home dealing with things, and no one asked me. But I said to myself, the pastors already asked me to direct the school, so I'll just step in. I wasn't prepared, though, to teach all the classes, so we just met as a group, first and second year together, in one room, and we had prayer and worship, and the Lord began to speak and began to move. Personally, I had no connection with the people who left, so I wasn't wounded, I wasn't hurt, and in my perspective, it was almost as if someone took the lid off a volcano. Because when those people left, everything in the church began to move forward. So this is one of the points I want to make in this episode. Strife and division are a lid to the plans of God. I'll say that again. Strife and division are a lid to the plans of God. Do you and the people in your church want a move of God? Are you praying for revival? 
Are you personally praying that God will show you what you're called to do and move you forward? Well, then I have to urge you, my friends, you cannot have strife and division with the people in the very body that you are a part of. And so in this church, no matter who was praying, no matter what all the hearts were, because there was strife in the leadership, things were all blocked up. But when God blew the wind through the church, these things began to move again, and we were in revival. Now, I can't claim any credit for what was happening. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And so were many other people. In my view, it was like the paper was crumpled, the kindling was laid on, the firewood was all stacked, and all I did was strike a match and help light it. These impromptu classes we were having as we prayed during this crisis were the foundation for what later became our School of the Spirit. They were unplanned times when we all came together just to pray for the plan and prepare the way of the Lord. And I want to share that I didn't know how to do it, but I took the responsibility to lead because I knew that God wanted it done. Here's another point I want to make. I have found very often that leaders want a move of the Spirit, but they don't feel they know how to do it. And sometimes we try to force something to happen, which never flows good or works well. But what I've now learned and believe is that when we take the responsibility, God will help us. Again, it's a form of commitment. (laughs) When we say, Lord, I'll do it, he will empower us. We can't be timid or afraid of making mistakes, though. We have to step boldly into what we believe God wants to do. When we commit, God empowers us. And when we need wisdom, the book of James says God will give it to us. James 1, verse 5 through 8. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Verse 6, listen. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So if we need wisdom, this scripture says it's available to us, but we must have faith that God is with us and will give it to us. Now, I've learned the same principle in regard to preaching or leading worship or probably any other ministry in the kingdom. There have been times when I was scheduled to preach that I was unsure of what I was supposed to say. And I learned that if I went out in fear, it became a disaster. I learned that I had to get myself in a faith position. Even if I wasn't sure what to do, I had to be sure of one thing, that God was with me. And if I didn't know what to do in my mind, I knew that he wouldn't let me down and he wouldn't let me go and he would help me. I went out with faith that the Holy Spirit was my helper and my strengthener and my standby and my counselor and my teacher and my guide. Hallelujah. So School of the Spirit became a vital part of our Bible school in the following years. In fact, I will say all the way till today, School of the Spirit, or SOS as we called it, was not worship, although it did involve worship. It was not prayer, although it involved prayer. But it was an unstructured time designed for learning to follow the Holy Spirit as a group. We found that if we gave God time and place, he had much to say and much to do. 
Now, I want to take a little side journey here and clarify about different types of gifts and callings. Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 13 says, He himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Why? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, so this scripture talks about what we call the fivefold ministry graces, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and the purpose for these giftings to grow the body up so that we can be like Jesus. We can show Jesus to the world. And so all ministers who are called of God will have varieties, one or more of these fivefold callings. And in fact, I believe that all believers have leanings toward one or more of these callings as well. Some of us are excellent at relationships and nurturing people like a pastoral anointing. Others are excellent at teaching and mentoring. Some at sharing the gospel, at reaching out to unbelievers. And so there are different anointings. Apostolic anointings have to do with building the kingdom and expanding the kingdom. And prophetic giftings see ahead as well. In Ephesians 2.19, Apostle Paul wrote, well, I'll start in verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Verse 21 is what I want to get to. In him, the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Verse 20 says that he's building on the foundation. He builds this dwelling place, this holy temple made out of living stones on the foundation of apostles and prophets. Now in this church, our pastor was a missionary. Our pastor was an apostle. Our pastors had a call to train leaders, to plant churches, to expand the kingdom. And so the apostolic work, this is what I teach, what I believe, is generally physical work, a plowing work, setting things in order, planning, preparing, making systems, procedures. And the prophetic side of that, apostolic and prophetic working together, the prophetic is the spiritual side of that, speaking ahead by declaring into the atmosphere and into the believers, into the church, the things that God is planning to do. So they work together. The spiritual, the prophetic prepares the way for the apostolic to come into a place and actually physically set things up. And this was what was happening in our school as we gathered for SOS. God was showing his plans and purposes and preparing us together for what was to come. We had so many supernatural times in the presence of God. I remember one time in prayer, we were praying about broadcasting the word of God from that place, about amplifying the voice of our pastor. And as I led prayer, I saw that first there would be trails 
like bushwhack through heavy jungle, and the trails would become jeep tracks, and the jeep tracks would become dirt roads, and finally the dirt roads would be paved and become super highways that would transport people and resources. Okay, I'm sharing that because these are the kind of things God will show you in prayer. And I have found that in corporate prayer, when a church is gathered together to pray, it's multiplied power in what you get even individually in prayer. At this time in the Bible school, we had about 100 students, which included 15 or so senior pastors of the satellite churches and 20 teachers and staff of the school praying together every morning for an hour. I like to think in terms of man-woman hours of prayer. So this was like 120 human hours of prayer, four days a week for nine months. And that is a lot of prayer. And this prayer was what was generating power to move the plan forward. Today, this apostolic church has over 60 satellite churches in the Philippines alone and several international churches in other nations. And all of us who were in the school in those days saw it ahead of time. Jesus promised us that the Holy Spirit would show us things to come. And the corporate seeing becomes even greater when we're in one accord. I love it when I get together with these people now who were students in the Bible school who are now leaders in the church. And when we get together, we think back and we say, you remember when we prayed that? Look at this. Now we're walking in what we prayed. So to summarize here, God has a place for you where your gift will be developed and be a benefit to the body of Christ. Specifically, this takes place in a local church. And, you know, this is what we teach in our schools, but I want to emphasize it. If you can love Jesus and be a part of the body of Christ without being in a local church, but you can't really effectively work together with the others in the body if you're not connected in some way, either to a ministry or a local church. So many people I meet want to know their calling, but they sometimes don't realize that it starts small. It starts by just being available to serve. God will do great things when we are in one place, in one accord. Acts 4.24 says, When they heard that, this is the early church, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Acts 4.31, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So here are some takeaways from this week. We learn, number one, to follow our heart and not our understanding. Work on developing your ability to hear and judge on the inside and not by what you see with your eyes. Number two, strife and division will hinder or stop the plans of God in a church. Strife and division are like cancer. They're like poison. They grow, they spread, and they kill. So whatever you do, commit to stay out of strife. Commit to be unoffendable. Do you know that that's just a choice you can make? Trust me, I know. (laughs) I've had offenses. I've had people that offended me. And I learned that you know, in order to move forward, those people were in my life and I had to make a commitment that I am unoffendable as far as that person is concerned. Number three, 
if you ask for wisdom, God will give it. And if you ask him to learn the ways of the spirit, to learn spirituals, as it says in 1 Corinthians 12, and you ask in faith, God's going to teach you. He's going to show you. And number four, there are different graces and anointings for different purposes. And my friends, you have gifts. You have graces that are vital, that are needed in your church. Sometimes, you know, we go to a church and we look around and we say, I'm called to do this, and this church doesn't have anything like that. So we want to leave and go to another church trying to find our place. Well, who knows if you're not the person God brought to that church so they could have that particular ministry or program. We've got to learn to follow God on the inside and not judge by our own likes, dislikes, what we see, what we don't see. Let God position you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that everyone who's hearing my voice now, whether near, whether far, whether now, whether in the future, you're the God of the Spirit. You're the God that's not limited by time. I thank you, Lord, that you, Jesus, you said you are building your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against your church. And so I thank you, Lord, that you're working in the hearts of my friends, that you are the leader, the guide on the inside, that you will give them a peace in the place that you've called them to be. Thank you, Father, that as we keep our eyes on you, other things grow dim, relationship issues, things not being quite the way we want it. These things are subject to the commitment of the things you've called us to. We commit to be unoffendable. We commit, Lord God, to grow, to become bigger on the inside than how things look on the outside, to be the peacemaker, to be the one that forgives and lets things go and to move forward for the sake of the call, for the sake of the plan of God. I thank you, God, that you're leading us and you're guiding us and you're building us together into a holy temple, a dwelling place for your spirit. Thank you for the body of Christ, Thank you for the love that joins us, and thank you that you're leading and guiding us every day as we lift our eyes to you and we put our trust in you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for leading us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a joy being with you today, and I hope you'll remember to subscribe to this podcast on your Apple or Google or Spotify That way you'll be notified when I come out with a new episode. We're going to continue here about the new things that God began to open in my life as I followed his spirit in this first door. And I want to even share next week, I'm going to share an actual recording with you that took place during SOS so that you can see some of the things God was speaking to us. I'm just excited for you that you're in the place God has for you and his hand is upon you. So I love you, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening today. I pray you were blessed and encouraged. One of my life scriptures is Hebrews 11.1 in the Jordan translation. It says, Now faith is the turning of dreams into deeds. It is betting your life on unseen realities. In Jesus Christ, you have what it takes to step into all God has prepared for you. If this episode's blessed you, please share it with someone else. I look forward to meeting with you again next week.